This is Lachlan Rouston. This is Raf Freeman, and you're listening to the fittest podcast in Australia, The Mind Muscle Project. All right, welcome back to this video today. We're going to be talking about how to make it as a fitness influencer. And I think that this is a relevant conversation because I think there's some element deep down inside of everyone that wants to, that's in the fitness industry, that wants to help people on a bigger scale than what they're already doing yet. Um, so I think it's pretty hard to work in the fitness industry and not at least say, I, I love helping people. I think that's a pretty common response. But I think that, you know, if you take your job seriously, the more people you can affect, the better. Unless you decide, all right, I only ever want to help 10 people. I only ever want to help 20 people. You know, you want to help as many people as possible. And I think influencer gets a bit of a bad rap because in some industries, you know, it's a bit lame and it's a bit cringy and maybe there's no substance to it, you know, and it's not really helpful and, you know, it's, it's very vain. But I think in the fitness industry, it's more, much more of a noble endeavor. Um, I think where it can come under fire is there's a little bit of misinformation, but I think where I should start this show is defining a fitness influencer. And feel free to disagree with me here. Mm. But how I define a fitness influencer in our space is not by the number of followers you have, not by how much money you have, but instead how much influence you have over the people that follow you. And I think if you can get to the point where when you make a recommendation for something or you say, go do this and people do it, the majority of people that follow you do it, so more than 50%, mm. then you're an influencer. So whether you have 500 people, whether you have 10,000 people, 100,000, a million people, if you have so much influence that when you say, you know, I think, you know, really good consideration for you guys is to double your protein um, in your macro split or whatever. Whether you're wrong or right, doesn't matter. If you can influence those people to do that, I think that's when you become an influencer by my definition. It's not when you have 500,000 followers or when you have, you know, your first supplement line or you get sponsored or anything. It's none of that. It's because you don't have to do any of those things to influence people. So, I think it's when you've created because in order to get to that point where the end result metric that I'm using to have influence over more than 50% of people that follow you, you have to have built trust. You have to have created really good content. You have to know what you're talking about or at least pretend to know what you're talking about um, and you have to be really consistent with it. So like it speaks a lot to your character, I believe because there's so many fly overnight fitness, fitness influencers that here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, they don't have a lot of substance to them and they never had, they never really had influence over people. Yeah, they just looked good and so people followed them because it was like soft porn on their phone. But at the end of the day, if that person went and said, oh, go do this, go do that and that people didn't, they go, no, 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 just stick to photos. Then you're not, then in my book, you're not an influencer. It doesn't matter how many followers you had. So that's how I define it uh, and that's the tips and, you know, the practical tools I'll give you today is so you can be that. Yeah, and it's so, it's so powerful in fitness, I think, because because most people just know so little and there's like so much uncertainty about it, right? For most people, like, it's just so like not clear, right? Like best diet, best workout, what to do. It's not much like good general information on it. Like, yeah. No, like good, oh dude, in school we all learned like what's a good workout. Like no, no one says that, mm. right? So there's so much uncertainty. So you can either look to experts or you can look to like what your friends are doing. And the influencer kind of hits both. It's like kind of like your friend. It's like, oh, like what are other people doing? Oh, what this guy recommends. And it's like, the expert, the authority, because like he obviously looks good or he's got he's got a gym or he like whatever it is, right? Heaps of followers. So I think that's why in fitness, it is incredibly powerful because I, I think, I do think like influences in fitness, 
uh, can be more influential than in some other industries as well. Yeah. Where there's maybe a bit more just like general hierarchy and authority. Yeah. You know, people are like, ah, oh, you know, you wouldn't maybe get advice for that from a guy on social media. You should probably go to like here or a university or a book or like this expert. Whereas in fitness, it's actually like, no, probably the best info mm. is on social media. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you wouldn't laugh at someone for saying they found a really good workout person on social media. No. I'm like, yeah, they probably are there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is, I think gets to my next point, which is like, why is this an important endeavor and why are we talking about this? And why should more people try and become a fitness influencer? Because I believe if you, I think the, the the mindset that everyone has at this point that isn't a quote unquote influencer and wants to be is that I think it's too late. I think it's over. I think like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's kind of been established now and I'm not one of them. So like, it's over for me. It's It's never over. It's over when you quit. You can be an influencer at any age, right? So I think that, um, you just haven't found a way to communicate to an audience to evolve, you know, because people say, oh, well, the algorithm doesn't suit me or that this doesn't that, and that, that whatever the bullshit excuse is, right? It's never over. Um, it's it's just a matter of finding your audience, a matter of finding your audience, uh, finding your content, creating the content in a way, you know, it, in some ways it's acting, right? If you're not improving your craft and getting you know, in working on your voice or working on your, your copy, your text, if you're not working on your videos, your transitions, whatever the artistic way you get content out, because that's what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Creating content, then um, you're failing and you've got to get better. And so I don't think you should ever quit and I don't think it's ever over if you have a good message to put out there. So I think the, the mindset, I think a lot of people take that, I think would be really good online. Um, they're either not improving, haven't gotten better and therefore they're not growing, they give up or they think it's too late. But I, I would say to them, no, it's just like you haven't really gotten started properly. So there's just so much so much you can do. Look, the reality is there's always going to be a ceiling for every person, right? Let's just like, there's super influential, crazy Conor McGregor style characters and Andrew Tate and they're just how they are. They're always going to have a big audience and then there's just going to be like smaller micro influencers, right? That maybe don't have as much a sound camera, but how they communicate through words or how they communicate through photos or how they share a different opinion on certain things is like, it's going to have a small audience, but they're going to have a lot of influence over that audience. So um, I think it's just important to, to recognize that. And I also think the main reason that it's important is because we're just going to have more and more of this in the future. If you think there's a lot of influences now, wait till you, that's 50 years from now. Like you, you probably every personal trainer that ever works will have like a, a, a decent following or something, right? It's just, it's only just beginning. So you're investing in this now and becoming good at content, your stock will go up in the future. So um, I think balancing it with, you know, obviously your career and your work and everything else you do in your days is important. You have to figure out what that balance is. I think you also have to decide, um, you know, if it's actually something you want to do, like you might listen to this podcast and be like, oh, maybe it isn't too late. Maybe I want to give it another crack. And then you, you don't really do it that well on tough ass and you fail again could just be a sign that like it, it isn't really for you. You don't really like doing that thing, which is totally fine as well. You don't have to be an influencer. But I do think if it's something you do definitely want to pursue and it's what you want to do uh, and you want to get good at it, then yeah, you got to find the balance of where it fits in and commit to a schedule that is realistic and put out great content and keep getting better at it uh, and your stock will go up in the future for sure. Um, with that being said, I want to give you some practical tools to uh, take away from this show to actually use in your content that can be helpful. Um, I actually haven't written it here, but the first one that you need to do is you have to choose one platform. Obviously for us for a long time, um, it's been podcasts and I think it's played to our strengths. Mm -hmm. And then 
were slowly transitioning. I mean, it's essentially the same thing, but putting it on YouTube um, as we make more hires later in this year. But I think you got to find your platform. You know, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, podcasts. Those are, I guess, the main ones that the fitness industry uses. Facebook, I wouldn't invest too much in that stock at the moment. Um, Snapchat's not really a fitness thing. But I think uh, Facebook works well with like Facebook groups and stuff, right? Like people can still have massive fucking groups. Even not massive, just groups that have great influence over. Yeah, but I think you have to become a fitness influencer first that creates content to then sh- shuffle people into that group. Yeah, it probably depends on the business model. Yeah. But people do do it successfully, right? It's just like different. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of like a, more of an inner circle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, Facebook definitely from that perspective. Um, so in terms of, yeah, picking your platform, stick to your platform, get really good at your platform, commit to it. And then later, once you dominate that platform, then you can have you know, offshoots of the other stuff. You can have a TikTok account, an Instagram account, a YouTube account or whatever it is, right? So, uh, first thing... Um, I uh, so, a good example I was going to say of that even was even us doing podcasts or YouTube this year. How difficult it was to even just add one more channel. Yeah. Even with pretty much the same content. Mm. Which just goes to show, like, if you have no experience trying to do five platforms, it's, like, very challenging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, YouTube is the hardest. That's for sure. Yeah. YouTube is the most time intensive, most difficult. But we were still coming at it with, you know, existing infrastructure and everything. Of course, it's still, yeah. It's still difficult, right? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, we've had to make a lot of changes internally and, and now we're definitely on the right path to, well, I hope we're on the right path. You can't predict these things, but let's see. Uh, but the first thing I would say in terms of when it comes to creating your online fitness influencer brand is you have to have strong opinions. I think um, it's pretty obvious when you tell people, but maybe in... in practice people don't consciously do it you have to have strong opinions if you don't have strong opinions you're not going to polarize anyone you're not going to find the people that strongly agree with you and the people that strongly disagree with you and if you think about the most influential people in the world people that have been on this podcast in the fitness industry you either really fucking agree with them or you really hate them they don't really have an in-between they're like oh i kind of feel neutral about this person you either have sucked up all their content and you love it or you can't stand the side of them and i think those are your best uh, or very often you can't stand them and then you end up loving them yeah That's both right convert, they convert right? you yeah. yeah so you have to have strong opinions and I think you develop strong opinions not by just the mere fact of having strong opinions but I think it's building confidence in whatever you're talking about and you can build confidence through doing that thing right whether it's like particular exercise for us running gyms um, people have probably heard that have followed us for a long time the conviction in which we speak about business has obviously developed over the years just as we've done it for longer, right? And had more success, right? And gone to different levels versus the conviction that we would have had when we first started talking mm. about practical advice for gym owners and PTs. Um, and then I think also, you know, part of it is just, yes, the experience, yes, the doing it, but just understanding it and researching it, right? So maybe there's certain aspects of um, health and fitness, diet, you know, training, whatever it is, and you just haven't done the research on it. So it's hard for you to have a strong opinion because you don't know what your subject matter well enough. That's more of an academic thing. But yeah, obviously you combine the academia with the practice, the experience, the years, and then it's much easier to form a strong opinion. So it can be why you see a lot of young, like most people that have strong opinions online, very few of them are really young. Like most of the young fitness influencers, you know, early 20s, teenagers, they're not famous for their strong opinions. They're famous for like, dancing or like doing outrageous pranks or doing stunts or doing like crazy kid shit right like stupid shit sports or whatever yeah but they're not known for being you know um 
intellectual forces with strong opinions that can speak from all their life experience, mm. right? Uh, so it generally leans towards older people, but I think most people listening to this are kind of at that age where they can form strong opinions on things. O- older in an internet sense. <laughs> that's that's for sure. <laughs> not six, not seven year olds. I d- and I think what can help is if you're the type of person that typically doesn't have stronger opinions is that if you if you're ever talking about just what you've done in the past, it's the easiest way to have a strong opinion. Because then you're just talking about exactly what you did. So say we're talking about something with a gym. I can be like, well, this is exactly what I did, you know? And then you can just have a really strong opinion on it because like, this is what I did and this did not work because mm. I already tried it. Whereas when, you know, I think it can be more difficult when you're talking about something, you, you're, just, you're actually not that sure on. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, like I've never really done that. So it's kind of hard to say. Right. But when I think, like you said, older people can often do better at this because they're talking like from actual experience. Like, dude, yeah. done those does not work. Mm. Even though there might be an argument that it does work, they're like, I have done this so many times. I'm telling you it doesn't work. So it just can be a bit easier if you if you struggle with it. I also think people, now that you're bringing that, it's coming to mind. People don't want to have strong opinions because they're worried of being wrong. You know, they're worried that if I go this hard on this side, then, and I'm wrong, man, I'm going to look like an idiot. Well, that's just part of having strong opinions. You know, you can be really certain about one thing and then you're proven wrong and you got to eat it, right? Yeah, you just walk it back. That's just part no, of it. No one cares if you walk it back. That's just part of it. Or yeah. just admit you're wrong, right? So, um, you have to get over that part. That's, that's for sure. Uh, so, second thing is uh, what I think uh, can be helpful for people is to make predictions. So, if you're in an industry like for us, we generally make a lot of predictions about the gym industry, right? And the future of gyms. And you don't have to be like right all the time here. In fact, you're probably going to be wrong most of the time, but you only have to be right once for people to be like, oh, this, this is the guru right mm. here. This guy is, is, is wise. He's, he's a sage, the grand, the grand wizard. But um, like if you, the best example would be Gary Vee, right? He's predicting shit all the time. NFTs, cryptos, the next mm. social media thing, this, that. How many times is he right? Very rarely is he right. Like, sorry, very rarely is he always well, right. Well, it's impossible to know. Exactly. Because by the time the by the time the prediction has come around, you have forgotten that content. Yeah, yeah. It was like two years ago you heard that podcast. Yeah, right? but you never like, dude, I knew it. He was wrong. Yeah, like he was saying, Snapchat was the next big thing, and it's basically anything that comes up. There was even that one. Oh, I can't remember what it was. That app where it was like yeah, you had to be invited into it by someone else. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, he was saying Clubhouse next big thing is going to change. You. Clubhouse never took off in mm. Australia. Clubhouse hasn't gone anywhere, right? But he's just, anytime something comes up, he'll just make a prediction like it's the next big thing because he knows he only has to be right once. And they're like, he's like, I told you. I fucking told you. You know what I mean? And people are like, man, this guy's so wise. Mm. So predict the future. Again, I think most people don't because they're worried about being wrong or looking stupid. But, you know, that's just the predictions you need to make. And I think people are interested after a while, once you build up street, street cred, people are interested in your prediction anyway. Even if you're wrong, they just want to know, oh, how does this guy yeah. see where we're going anyway? Even if he's wrong, I'm just curious to see how he sees the future. So in, in, incorrect predictions are actually still interesting. Of course. Because you're like, I never thought about that. Yeah. And then it opens your eyes. Fuck, what if he is right? Mm. If he does have to be right, I, I had a totally different opinion of what could happen. So it still is useful. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, so, so third thing here is, um, seems pretty obvious, but you have to stand for something. And I guess this is part of having strong opinions and making predictions, but you need to pick a team. I think that um, if... And when I say pick a team, I don't mean like a political party or anything. I just mean you need to draw a line in the sand as to like where you kind of have your values and beliefs. Um, And I understand that ideas and beliefs can change over time, but you have to, yeah, you have to, people have to, in, in some ways people have to label you, 
they'd be like, all right, he's, yeah. and this is a bit crude, but they have to be like, oh, you know, he's a keto guy. He's an evidence-based guy. Oh, he's a, he's a carnivore guy. He's more of a uh, third eye energy healing sort of guy, you know, this or girl or whatever. So in some ways you kind of have to embrace your label. And at the end of the day, of course we have labels, right? You can label me lots of things, right? You can label you lots of things. You, you will, everyone has labels, right? People don't like that shit. But look, it's very easy to label people. And I think that you have to embrace whatever that is and stand for something. So find your label, find what you want to be labeled and just embrace this thing. As long as it is genuinely you and it's authentic, then lean into it more, right? The best people, they go, yeah, I am this crazy steroid juice head bodybuilder, but I lean into it and I talk about the steroids mm. I take and I talk about the crazy workouts I do and I talk about the health risks that I do and I'm very opinionated about uh, my workouts and what's a stupid workout and other training styles that I don't like and why bodybuilding is the best and they, they, they stand for something. I think when you're a bit wishy-washy and you're all over the place, um, you kind of stand for nothing. So definitely pick something that you stand for. I think everyone listening to this kind of knows the team that they're on, right? Team F45, team group <laughs> fitness, team PT, team CrossFit, whatever it is. And that's okay. Be on your team and stand for that team. But yeah, don't don't fold. Team My Muscle Project. Yeah. They can, they can join. Um, cool. And then last thing I want to add here, which uh, I guess rounds it out really nicely, is what you have to remember about your content is if you become an influencer, you are a business. So a business, just like an influencer, has customers. Um, and so your customer is your audience. Maybe you haven't, you know, got money from them yet, quote unquote, but you need to position yourself in a way that you influence them so that if you were to monetize them, you could. And that's essentially true influence, right? To people be, there's a, there's a value here and I will exchange dollars for that value. So that's that's what you need to bring yourself to. If you never take a dollar off someone, you never ask money, that is totally fine. Uh, but you need to be at the point where you could if you wanted to. I think that's when you have true influence. So thinking about it from that perspective, you need to, who am I talking to here? Am I talking to the younger 15-year-old version of myself? Am I talking to older you know postnatal women am i talking to young fit 21 year old guys and girls that are into you know single and dating and want to do group fitness who is my target audience that i'm going after and how can i communicate and speak to them effectively so um in many ways they're they're business principles but they apply to influencing yeah and it's it's what you find out as soon as you start you know we've run ads and done stuff like that with the show sold products it's like it's if you just have a general 10,000 people off the street you can achieve almost nothing with that because it's such a wide pool of people yeah but you have an incredibly specific 100 people can be unbelievably valuable right yeah. you have like all the top 100 ceos based in sydney like we have at the gym like there's going to be some products or things for them that they're all like that's incredible for me right mm. someone probably pay so much money for that list right whereas if you just got a random hundred there's almost nothing valuable to them yeah like you couldn't even sell them a sandwich so did yeah. someone i don't really eat sandwiches people it's like just like nine people in there that even like sandwiches yeah right because people are very different but what's so cool about the internet is you can bring in those like very specific groups that only make up 0.7 percent of the population but that's you know seventeen thousand hundred people in australia yeah right? you can bring them in and 24 million people in the world there's plenty of people to choose from there yeah um so hopefully that gives you a lot to think about um you know, you don't need to have a huge following. You can you can influence a very small number of people. The internet allows you to do that, allows you to reach anyone, anywhere, and it makes you a specialist, right? You can specialize in something uh, and have a lot of influence. And again, it doesn't have to be many people. In fact, uh, we're listening to that podcast. I don't know if you got to it, Connor, but 
um, when Christian Guzman was talking with Bradley Martin, he was saying uh, his most his his influencer that generates the most sales out of all his influencers has to promote this, his products. Yeah, selling his yeah, leggings. Cool. Yeah, this girl has seventeen thousand followers. She does like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month in yeah in uh, sure. through her code. Yeah, seventeen thousand. He's like people that have millions of followers yeah. don't even match her. So influence you only have to have a strong influence over a small number of people to be influential so just remember that um so hopefully those two tools were useful and uh, you guys got something out of it as always if you liked this episode share it with someone um send us a message on instagram let us know that if you liked it or not and then obviously await the return of the youtube channel we will be posting more on there very soon if you haven't yet go subscribe to that channel and uh, as always guys we'll speak to you all next week